Amen and amen. Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing well? Amen. Glad that you all are here. For those of you who are able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 324, hymn 324, hymn 324, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. We'll have an opening word of prayer. And if you sing really well, then we can be seated for the next hymn. Hymn 324, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. to all the law by it I have been pardoned saved to the other amen chains have been torn asunder giving me liberty for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me oh wonderful the master's grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient great for even me, broader than the scope of my transgression, greater far than all my sin and shame, oh magnify the precious name of Jesus A wonderful grace of Jesus reaching the most defiled by his transforming power, making him God's dear child. Purchase peace and heaven for all eternity and the wonderful grace of Jesus Reaches me, oh wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus, deep than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scope of my transgression, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus, great name. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, we are excited to be here this evening, Lord, to magnify your name and to praise your name this evening, Father. Father, we come with anticipation and excitement and an expectation, Lord, that you're going to show up in your word today, Lord, and Father, that we can partake of that great word, Lord, trap it in our hearts, Father, that we may not sin against thee, but also, Lord, that it may uh, energize us throughout the, the rest of this work week, Lord. Father, we're just so thankful, Father, for all that you've done for us, Lord, up until this point. And Father, we uh, anticipate a great word from our pastor. Just pray, Lord, that you be with him, Lord, and that uh, your word, Lord, will work a work in our hearts, Father, that we may not sin against thee, but we may also, Lord, be uh, witnesses, Lord, of your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen as you've sung beautifully. So you may be seated on this next hymn, hymn 62, hymn 62, one day, one day, one day. It, this day's not over. still could be two days. <laughs> we don't know, but one day. The Lord is coming. Amen? Oh, wow. Okay, only two people excited, huh? Amen. One day, hymn 62. Sing along. Oh, one day when heaven was filled with his praises. Oh, one day when sin was as black as could be. Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is he a living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away arising he justified freely forever Oh, one day he's coming, oh, glorious day. Oh, one day they led him up Calvary's mountain. Oh, one day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins. My Redeemer is He, a living He loved me, dying He saved me, a very He carried my sins far away, arising He justified freely forever, one day He's coming, oh glorious Oh, one day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down o'er his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. A living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Arising, he justified freely forever. Oh, one day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Oh, one day the grave 
could conceal him no longer. Oh, one day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended, my Lord, evermore. Living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Arising he justified freely forever. Oh, one day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Oh, one day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glory will shine. A wonderful day my beloved one's bringing. A glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. Yes, he really is. Amen. A living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Arising he justified freely forever. Oh, one day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Amen. Amen. You glad me and Brother uh, Marco didn't lead singing? Say amen. 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 I, I'm glad. I'm uh, but I'm glad you're here this evening, and uh, I, I appreciate you coming. Please uh, remember to pray for our day Sunday, that uh, folks are kind of getting back, you know, getting over whatever it was they had, and uh, just pray that folks will be back, ready to go Sunday morning, uh, ready to go. Uh, also, please, uh, uh, for uh, because of weather again, we're going to postpone soul winning, and uh, we just, uh, you know, so many people been, I just don't want to get folks out. I, so um, I'm just I'm watching the weather. So as soon as it as soon as it warms up, uh, enough. Let me. I know y'all think uh, enough to where we can get out. Okay, you know. So uh, get back to kind of this kind of normalcy for this time of year. We'll go back out, and because uh, I'm we uh, we need to go. Hey man, that's God's plan. And if we plant some seed, you know, springtime harvest will. They'll, uh, the Lord will do the rest part, uh, of it for us. So, but this Saturday we'll postpone that again. All right. But please pray, and uh, that the Lord helps have a good day uh, Sunday. Also, teachers and workers meeting Saturday morning at ten thirty. We want to start at ten thirty, so you need to be here sometime between ten and ten thirty. We're just going to meet in the fellowship hall. So, uh, please be here ready to go. If you're a teacher, if you're a worker. Uh, in junior church, if you've been to VBS and helped, uh, all of those things, I want to encourage you to be here Saturday morning at 1030. Uh, no matter where you're at in the Sunday school department or any of those things, junior church, uh, be here, 1030, ready to go. It's important. We haven't had a teacher's meeting in a while, uh, not one like this, so I want to encourage you to be here, 1030, ready to go. And when we get through, Brother Charles is taking everybody out to lunch. Amen. Hey, <coughs> so, uh, you know, uh, Ruth Crisp, you know, I mean, hey, no no big deal for him. He just said, y'all just come on. And 
we'll, uh, you know, we'll call ahead, get your stakes. Or is that pretty close, Brother Charles? Amen. <laughs> I like it when they just go along with it. Amen. <clears throat> but anyway, but uh, be here ready to go uh, Saturday morning for that. Okay. Uh, if you need any more information, just look at your bulletins and uh, all your information for upcoming events and things are in there. Prayer sheets. Does anyone need a prayer sheet? If you do, just lift your hand and we'll, Brother John will get you one of those. Um, please, uh, I talked to Brother Dennis and Miss Susie. They're, they're getting better. I talked to them just yesterday, in fact. Uh, so just keep praying for them. Uh, I know that they would certainly appreciate it. Uh, also, again, pray for all of these that are on here. Pray for Miss Daphne. It's good to see her Sunday. Uh, continue to pray for her and her health as well. Uh, Brother Mark and Miss Barb, they're doing great. You know, both they've had a knee replacement, or Brother Mark did, and and Miss uh, Barb had surgery on her knee. So, uh, but anyway, all kinds of things going on in here. So, as far as folks for the health, uh, please pray for them and. And uh, I know that they would appreciate it, all right? Uh, also, I want to uh, encourage you to remember to pray for uh, Brother uh, uh, Merlo's daughter, Sarah. I still haven't. I think he's back in Argentina. So uh, pray for them. Uh, he's still going back and forth. So keep him in your prayers. Uh, of course, Brother Gene Harmon, the, the new letter is out here on the bulletin board. They gave him a clean bill of health. Uh, the cancer and everything's been taken care of. He's just trying to get back to normal. And uh, for him, you know, for any preacher, he hasn't preached in months. Now, for that's like a fish out of water. And you keep him, I mean, so pray for him. I know he's ready to get back, uh, but his letter is out here. Just stop by and read that. But continue to pray for him. And uh, I know he would appreciate that as well, all right? Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, again, I want to encourage you to pray for our day Sunday. Brother Stewart preached about prayer, and Daniel this past Sunday, and what an amazing message, but it just shows you the importance of praying. It shows you how much we need to pray, and not only that, but he showed really uh, how much we lack in our prayer life. You can't pray too much, amen, that's why God says pray without ceasing, so I want to encourage you, please pray, and and uh, that the Lord will uh, bless this Sunday, and we have just a wonderful day. We had visitors this past week. Pray that they'll be back uh, as well, all right? Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Good to see Brother Shelton back tonight, Lord. I, I know he's not 100%, but Lord is here, and I'm thankful for that. I pray, God, that you'd uh, strengthen him, Lord, in, in his physical body, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd uh, even use the... Um, his being here tonight, God, just in, a, in your way, God, a way to uh, bring him back to even a quicker health and back to 100%. So, Lord, uh, thank you, Lord, for him being here. We also pray, God, for uh, Brother Harmon, Lord, who's uh, been given a clean bill of health. I think he still has some things that he's uh, dealing with, Lord, and, and recovery and, and things of that nature. And I pray, God, that you'd be with him. Lord, we also pray for Brother Dennis and Miss Susie, Lord, who I spoke with just the other day. I pray, God, that you would be with them and help them, Lord, and as they also get to feeling better. Lord, and there's a, a lot of folks on our, our prayer list tonight for help. I, I think of Brother Bob Martin, Lord, who's uh, in a, a rehab place, Lord, and getting ready to go back home. Lord, he's uh, 
been weak and God frail and, and with this sickness. And I pray, God, that you'd, uh, Lord, uh, strengthen him as well so he can get back to his pulpit and preaching to his people, Lord, as well. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, this coming Sunday. Lord, I pray that we'll not let a day or a moment go by between now and Sunday that we're not in prayer, Lord, and asking you, God, for a wonderful day this coming Lord's Day. God, help us to be steadfast, unmovable in our prayer life, Lord. Help us, God, to spend some quality time, Lord, uh, alone with you, praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ, praying for, uh, Lord, Central Park Baptist Church. I, I'm thankful, God, that you've given us this place to uh, to come together as a church and worship, Lord. I'm thankful, God, for our people, Lord, who's faithful tonight to come. I pray, God, that they'll receive a blessing, uh, God, from the message, Lord, that you've laid on, our, on my heart. Lord, as we continue, Father, in the life of David, uh, I pray, Father God, that you, you, your Holy Spirit, would move in our hearts and help us, God, to receive what you have for us. I pray, Lord, also, God, that you'd be at our teachers' meeting this Saturday. Uh, God, I believe it's an important teacher's meeting and workers. I, I pray that you'd help us to all be here uh, ready to go Saturday morning for just a little while. And uh, God, that we can uh, come together and, and get really focused in on what that you've called us to do as, as leaders in this church. And so, Lord, I pray and thank you for our teachers. Thank you, Lord, for our workers. I pray for our, our teachers and workers that are upstairs with our children tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd be with them and uh, God strengthen them as well. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless Central Park Baptist Church. I've been asking you, Lord, God, for growth, Father, uh, spiritually, Lord, and I've been asking you, God, <clears throat> for growth numerically, Father. I pray and ask you, Lord, that you'd send us new people, new families, new uh, individuals, Lord, new uh, couples, God, and, and Lord, that you would strengthen us, uh, Father, as a church, and God, help us to be mindful of people that need Christ. I pray, God, that you'd uh, send us lost people, and God, that they would come and hear a clear presentation of the gospel, and they'd realize that they're lost, and they'd get saved, so Lord, just be with us, and God, I ask you to to bless, and, and, and Lord, just uh, you said you'd give the increase, and Lord, so we're thankful for that. I'm thankful that, God, the increase comes from you and not from man, uh, so Lord, watch over us. I pray for this offering now that we're about to receive. I pray for the gift and the giver. Help us, Father, to be good stewards of it, Lord, and help us, Father, to use it for the furtherance of the cause of Christ in this place, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. <coughs> Hey, man. Hey, man. At this time, if you're able to rise, we will sing uh, one verse of hymn 63. Hymn 63, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. And then we'd like for you to express the, the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by greeting each other at the conclusion of the first verse 
of Oh How He Loves You and Me, hymn 63. Hymn 63. Make sure you greet each other afterwards. Sing along. Oh, oh how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Please greet each other at this time. Amen. First Samuel chapter 23. First Samuel. Yeah. No, not first Daniel, first Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all getting nervous? You know, if I say first Daniel, you need to, you know, check your check my Bible. All right, not yours. You might check it. Found your place. Amen. Let's read the first, uh, let's just read the first four verses, all right, and then we'll, we'll get started. It says, Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they rob the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And, and the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. You know one thing about folks sometimes, they make you pray a lot. So David inquired of the Lord again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Father, I'm thankful, Lord, again for your word. I pray, dear Lord, that you'd please help me, God, tonight to uh, stay in the context of your word. Help me, Father, to rightly divide your word of truth. And, uh, God, that, uh, Lord, that, and, and that we might be encouraged, that we might be challenged, Lord, tonight in, in, uh, through the message. And, so, Lord, I give you praise for what you're going to do. Lord, bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, have you ever, well, let me say this. A lot of times in, in life, uh, we bump into stuff where we just need deliverance. Been there? Say amen. Yeah. I mean, something terrible takes place, hardship or trial happens, and we just flat out need to be rescued. Amen. Yeah, everybody's been there. Uh, so, but no matter what happens, no matter what trial might come, God will help us through the circumstance if we turn to Him and seek His help. That, now, let me say that again. No matter what trial might come, as God's people, God will help us through the circumstance if we ask Him to help us. 
He's not going to come and say, hey, move out of the way a minute. I got this. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to wait for you to, to come to him. Uh, the Bible, in fact, teaches us and says nothing is too hard for the Lord, right? So God's power to deliver, uh, it, when we come to this portion of Scripture, God's power to deliver is, is the subject here. And so when you come to chapter 23, we find that God had ordered David through the prophet Gad to leave the land of Moab and go back to the tribal territory of Judah. And from our perspective, when you look at it from where we're at, if we were David and his men, they're in a place of safety. They're in a place where it's kind of peaceful where they are. And, and, and so now we're seeing that God sends them back or sends them out of this place of safety. And, and you know, and to me, it would be kind of strange. If you're in a good place, I mean, it's all good. And God says, wait, I want you to go back over here. I want you to go over here behind enemy territory. Well, listen, and, and I, I wrote this down once. Sometimes the work of God that he has for us, uh, listen, he starts us off in some pretty strange places. And not only are they strange places, but sometimes the work that God has for us to do is often behind enemy lines. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that where we are right now? Amen. Yeah. I mean, we are, uh, we are, it's, it's anything but peaceful and it's anything but calm. It's peaceful and calm, or at least it ought to be when we come in here. Amen. Uh, and, and so we see that, that, again, that God has David leaving this place of safety. But, but again, God has something for David to do. God has some work for David to do in Judah. And so, uh, David is going to go down to Keilah and, and try to help them fight the Philistines. In fact, David, we've already seen this in the past, he, he literally delivers Keilah from the Philistines. But I want you to see here in this lesson tonight, David's duty here, because this portion of scripture about David and, and Keilah, it really gives us some help in, in, uh, in knowing the will of God. And I've often said this, listen, knowing God's will is not some type of a deep mystery. We treat knowing God's will like it's something that, oh, we really, we've got to spend a month prayer and fasting. We've got to do all these things just right to know the will of God. No way, listen, God wants us to know his will. Uh, he's not going to dangle it out here in front of us and then say, nope, you know, I'm not going to, no, wait a minute, that's not it at all. And so, and the problem with a lot of folks is, is the failure to know and to do God's will. Some though, now watch this, some people, they know God's will, but they refuse to do it. Yeah. But still, there's a lot of folks that have a problem of not knowing. Uh, they don't have any clue what God's will is for their life, but, they, but a, a lot of times they don't have any interest in knowing Sometimes knowing God's will will move us out of where we what we want to do. You know, Amen. You know, uh, you know. Some, that's why sometimes uh, people in my position and people in Brother Marco's position, when when things uh, when we can see folks that aren't really doing what we know. Listen, and by the way, God not, tells us some things about God's will for your life. Amen. I don't know everything, but I know some things that God wants you to do. Amen. He wants you to tithe. I mean, He wants you to be faithful. 
And then sometimes when we God gives the opportunity and we say something, it's like, you follow me? Uh, I mean, so anyway, so some folks they just they just not interested in finding out. They they have they have a lack of interest in knowing. But if you're not careful, if you're if you don't know the will of God as a child of God, or you refuse, or whatever it is. Listen, if you don't know it, or if you don't do it, it's going to get you into trouble. Amen. You can, and I, I didn't know if this was, I started to say you could know, have a gaggle of information right up here, but it, I didn't, so I just, I didn't say gaggle, I said Google. You could have a Google of information right up here, Amen. Uh, but it will not make up for the failure of knowing God's will in your life. So come on, amen. Uh, and I've said this a lot of times. There's three things that, that will always go together when you when you want to know God's will. Three. There's providence, which is outward circumstances. There's prayer, and then there's the Word of God. They will always go together. And can I get an amen for that? Now watch, I want to show you. Look in verse 1. The circumstance, we see the providence here. The circumstance here in verse 1 is a very strong factor, if you will, in helping David determine what the will of God is uh, in regards to Keilah. Okay? Because, uh, and remember, now and let me say, circumstance alone does not determine the will of God. Amen. Yep. But God will use signposts, amen, to help you and to point us in the right direction. You know, like, I don't know, yield or, or a detour or one way. I mean, how I, I was reading a story once about this guy. He was riding a bicycle, and he was up going up through the mountains, and, and he thought, man, I'm going to take this shortcut. I know that there's a, I can cut off about 45 minutes on my ride. And so he takes off through the mountains. He's going through, and he's making good time. I mean, good time. Well, he sees a sign that says detour. You know what he does? He keeps right on going. He's thinking, man, this is an easy road. I've been down this road before. He gets another mile down the road. He sees another sign that says detour. He says, well, I'm, not, I'm just going to keep right on going. And listen, I want you to he gets down there and the bridge is out. There were all these signs that, that he could have done, and, and, and yet he didn't pay any attention to them, and he wound up going right back the way he came. I remember I was driving a truck for a, a company in Abilene. It was uh, Galloway Trucking, <clears throat> and I was hauling some cement, and, and I thought, man, and back then you didn't have, you know, GPS, but I had a little map, and I was going, and, and this map, these guys told me to go all the way around Possum Kingdom, and I'm thinking, I, I can save myself 45 minutes, and I can get back home in a, in a decent time. So I'm thinking I'm going to go uh, take the road that goes down through Possum Kingdom. So I'm on this little bitty two-lane road, and I'm going down all these little turns, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be great. I get down to the end of the road, and there's a little uh, a, a hut down there, you know, like a guard shack type thing. And this guy, there's a, a big pole sitting up across the road. And, and I'm going, hey, wait a minute. I said, I'm going to such and such place. He, I said, how can I, how, I'm, how, can I get through, how can I get over there? And he said, on the road you came through here on. 
There was only there's a one way in and one way out. You know, that's the way we are sometimes. Sometimes God puts us on a right path, and we're thinking, I'm going to take a shortcut over here, and I know that I can, I can make my goal. But listen, shortcuts are never the way to go when it comes to the will of God for your life. Satan will always offer you a shortcut, and you'll always forfeit something when you do. So God will use these circumstances, though, as signposts to point us in the right direction. Now, when we come here, you notice that these threshing floors are being robbed, and, and, and it was an, a common thing in, in David's day. These threshing floors, they were owned and operated by these farmers, and they were operated outside the city walls, so they literally had no protection uh, from the enemy or from these robbers or anything like that. And, and so the Philistines, or anybody else for that matter, they could come down to these threshing floors and steal the harvest of these farmers. Well, if you remember, David is in the, out in the forest at, near Harath, at, and he's got 600 men. Y'all remember he's out here, and he's just kind of doing his thing. Well, in verse 1, if you look there, it says, Then they told David. Now, these are the men of Keilah. They know David. He's out there. They know his 600 men are out there. And so they go and tell him uh, that, that they have, that what's going on in these threshing floors. Now, the reason they're telling David is because David has already won some victories over the Philistines. So listen, you know what's going to happen? You know what? I, if I want to win a victory or something, I want to go to somebody that knows how to win. Amen? Well, when I was thinking about how these men of Keilah went to, to, to David because he, listen, he had a testimony that he was a winner. Now, maybe Keilah didn't understand how he was winning, but they still knew he was a winner. Now, if somebody wants to, uh, ha is having a spiritual battle, for example, and they want to be a winner, if you will, over that spiritual battle, listen, would they come to you and ask you to pray for them? Have you won enough spiritual battles in your life where they could come and they say, listen, I know you've got a victory over some things in your life that came through prayer, and would you please pray for me about this? I would want them to come to me. Amen? I would want them to come. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to be a winner. I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to be on the losing team. And by the way, we're on the winning team already. So if we're already on the winning team, then why, listen, I don't believe God wants us to fail here either. So here's Keilah and his men, or the men of Keilah, they go to David and they ask him for some help. Now let me ask you this, have we not heard of the Lord's deliverance in times of trouble? Amen. Well, have we not experienced the goodness of God in times of trial? Absolutely then if we have that knowledge, think about this, then why is it that it's, it's so many times uh, that we rely on the arm of the flesh or, that, or we rely on our own knowledge and our own strength when we need to be rescued from some trials in our life? Why, if we know that God can do it, if we know that God is able, if we know that there's nothing too hard from God, then why do we rely on our own self? Good question. I don't have the answer to that. Um, so David, uh, not Saul, he comes to rescue 
these people of Keilah. And, and by the way, Saul, the reason he's not here, Saul is still only concerned about Saul. Amen. So David, uh, he notice what it says there in verse 2. The men of Keilah come to him and tell him about the, the Philistines are robbing the threshing floors. So the first thing David does, he jumps up, gets his 600 men and says, Okay, boys, we got a battle to do. we got to go get them. No, that's not what he does at all. Look in verse 2. Therefore, first thing David does, he inquired of the Lord. David's concern, watch this, uh, it revealed by his prayer. Now watch, is a rebuke to a lot of people today who claim to be called of God to some special service. Now think about it. But they, but they don't evidence a lot of interest in the work of the calling, but only in the glory of the calling. Amen. They like the recognition, but they don't want the responsibility. Well, David's prayer here reveals a lot about his character. And by the way, let me say, prayer always reveals the character of the individual doing the praying. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the circumstance. So David, he see the circumstance, so he... He goes to God in prayer, uh, and, but look in verse 2, we see the precept, or, which is the word of God. Um, a word from God was given to David and revealed and, and made final what God's will was for David. Now notice here, the word of God made the will of God plain. Think about it. The most important factor in determining the will of God for my life and your life is the Word of God. The determining factor for the will of God in your life is not Brother Marco. It is not me. I, I've, I learned this from a preacher friend years ago. Listen, he said, he, I, I said something, he goes, I tell my people when they ask me some things that I am not the priest of your home. Listen, I'm here to let you know I'm not the priest of your home. I can help you and I can pray with you and I can, I can try to give you some signposts and, and, and I can tell you what God's word says about some things. But listen, I'm not the priest of your home. I can't make decisions for you. You have to make those. Amen. And we're seeing this here. The most important factor in determining the will of God is the word of God. Now watch, this, this is providence. We're talking about circumstance. Circumstance can be helpful when you're looking for the will of God. It can be persuasive when you're looking for the will of God. But if it is con contrary to what God says in His Word, then you must not do what circumstance suggests you do. Amen. Listen. Providence can suggest the will of God, but God's word has the final say on what is or is not the will of God for your life. Absolutely. Praying is almost, uh, well, let me say, praying is important, utmost important when you try to find the will of God for your life. But like providence or circumstances, it cannot contradict the will of God or the word of God. And let me say, no amount, and I'm trying to read this because I'm in a hurry. There, no amount of praying will compensate for disobeying the Word of God. Amen. No amount of praying will cancel out a precept of God's Word. I've had people, listen, in 38 years, I've had a lot of people 
be praying about something and listen, and it goes contrary to the word of Almighty God, and they they are set. They know that Paul is preaching. I just know this is the will of God. Wait a minute, it can't go against this book. Prayer can help us discover God's will and listen in God's word, and that's what prayer will do. But watch this. But some people get so emotionally worked up while they're praying. Are you still here? Say amen. They get so worked up in praying that they persuade themselves apart from the word of God that that's what God wants them to do. You can't do that. Listen, we must... We've got really good at determining what God's will is for our life apart from, from the Word of God. Uh, we, people let passion. Listen, passion often comes disguised as prayer, amen? And we allow that to be the determining factor in the will of God for our life. You can't do that. David, by his attention to providence, listen, and by his action of prayer that he was, it lets us know that he is sincere about knowing God's will. And he goes back to God and he begins to pray. Look in verse 23. There's a panic that takes place. Opposition to the will of God is always there. I'll just keep going. Once you learn the will of God, you can be sure that it will be challenged somewhere in one way or another. Are y'all still here? Say amen. In verse 3, it's a good example. Look what it says. It says, So David, he inquired of the Lord, and he said, God, should I, can, should I go down here and fight the Philistines? What did God tell him to do? Go. Smite the Philistines and save the Keilah. Save those people. Well, look here. Look what it says. And David's men rose up and said unto him, Behold, we'd be afraid. Listen, the fear of David's men to go down there to Keilah and fight shows us that, watch, that fear was a determining factor for them in the will of God. Amen. Uh, and, and, and let me say this here, by, uh, it, it disproves the attitude of those who, there's a lot of folks that come around and they insist that Christianity is only for the weak. It's only for the fearful. Well, not right here. The fearful wanted to hold back. The fearful didn't want to go and do what God called them to do. Listen, I want you to know, living a Christian life is not for sissies. Hey man, it takes some courage. Why do you think so many times in the Word of God said and told Joshua, in fact, he said, be of good courage. Why? Because it takes courage to stand up and do what God wants you to do. So here's David. He said, listen, man, we're going to go down there and fight. And his men, because of fear, they rise up. Listen, living the Christian life and Christian lifestyle, doing the will of God, it takes a lot of stand-up. It takes a lot of steadfastness. It takes a lot of uh, being unmovable. I, I had somebody tell me today, and I thought, man, that was a great compliment. Uh, they, uh, I forgot the word they used. They said, uh, uh, in other, in, they said that we sure, they didn't, hadn't, tell, they hadn't been there in a long time, but they came by today, and they said, we sure uh, appreciate your uh, being dogmatic about some things. And I thought, well, Amen. You know, I mean, 
You know, that, listen, if you're going to live a Christian life, there's some things in your life, listen, especially when it comes to the Word of God, you're just going to have to stand up and say, listen, I'm not going to bend, and I'm not going to compromise, and, and we're, I'm just going to stand up and, and do what God says. And don't, be, don't be scared. You know, I heard my brother tell my, my nephew one time, told his son, he said, listen, if you're going to be scared, be scared doing it. Well, I think that's what David's about to tell them. Uh, It takes courage to stand for biblical principles, especially when it seems like everybody else is giving in to compromise. Joshua 1, 9, as I've already mentioned, says be strong and of a good courage. Living the Christian faith is definitely, it definitely takes courage. Now look at at the who of the opposition. And I just read this, but... It was David's loyal followers. Remember, they came to him in the cave. I mean, they were the ones that came to him, and and they gravitated toward David because they came because they knew that that he was going to be the next king. They gravitated toward him because they knew that he was a man of God. But now the, the, the opposition is coming from those that have come to him and followed him. It wasn't coming from David's enemies. Opposition wasn't coming from the Philistines. It was coming from those who were closest to him. If our enemies, now think about this. If our enemies uh, 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 are, you know, those who are, are wicked people, or if those are the ones that oppose us and doing God's will, listen, it don't bother us so much. You know why? They're supposed to do that. But what makes it difficult is when those that are supposed to be for us come in opposition. And that's what we're seeing. Um, It comes from those uh, that we might count as friends or those close to us. You know, friends are those who look out for our well-being. That's who our friends are, really. Amen. Those who have our backs. I mean, they, they don't really wish us any harm, but it's a real test to doing the will of God when they oppose you, when you know that's what God wants you to do. So anybody who's dedicated to doing the will of God will sooner or later, you're going to find out, you're going to experience this kind of test just like David did. And nobody should ever allow circumstances, emotions, personalities, or anything else to determine the will of God in your life. It's God who determines that. Him alone. Uh, it, it's God who determines our duty and our responsibility. L- note, let me show you the what of the opposition. When, when doing God's will, it seems that, think about this. I was thinking about this the other day. When we do what God wants us to do, we want everything to be calm. You know, we want the wind of circumstance to be blowing in our favor. I mean, everything is just right when we're doing the will of God. We... We want to be on a grease plank to the will of God. I mean, just smooth as silk. You know, like getting up in the mornings and it's a nice, cool 65 degrees out on the lake. And you walk out there and that lake looks like a mirror, like a piece of glass. That's the way we want it when we're doing the will of God. It ain't like that. Yeah. The fear of David's men shows that what circumstances were not good for them to rescue the people of Keilah from the Philistines. David and his men, in order to do the will of God, you know what they're going to do? They're going to have to risk their life to do it. 
Can I tell you, sometimes, folks, when we do the will of God, we're going to have to risk some things. But when is it really a risk when we put our faith and trust in God? No. You say, well, preacher, I don't know that. Right. But God knows. And if it's the will of God for us to do it, you know, you say, well, I'm fearful. Well, go back to that saying, well, be fearful doing it, you know. Adverse circumstances told David and his men to stay hidden out there in the forest of Hereth. Uh, listen, but that wasn't what God said to do. These adverse circumstances, they were just another test for David. Adverse circumstances is also a test for you and me when it, when it comes to doing the will of God. Listen, it's not, how often do we know that this is the will of God for our life? And, and how often is, are the circumstances just calm and cool? Listen, very, very seldom, if ever. Listen, in, adverse circumstances must not determine or dictate God's will for our life, period. Look in verse 4. David bumps into another problem. So he, the men come, and they don't want to go. So verse 4 says, Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. He goes again. Lord, hey, you know, Lord, are you sure? Listen, it's okay to go back. Amen? It's okay. But now we've got to be careful about going back because I want, I want you to see this. When difficulties come up regarding doing the will of God, don't, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. Do what David did. Take it to the Lord in prayer again. That's all right. You see, David's men voiced their fear, and they said that they weren't interested in going down there and, and delivering these, pe these people from the Philistines because it presented a, a major problem. And so David inquires of the Lord yet again. Now watch, but this is the wise and the right thing to do regarding the opposition and doing the will of God. Listen, I, I, I can't tell you how many times that, that I, I've known that, listen, this is what God wants us to do, and yet, that, that and listen, uh, and people come and say, Preacher, I don't know about that. I don't know if we can do that. And you know what I do? I go right back to God and say, Lord, this is, I, I need to make sure that this is what that you want me to do. And this is where, where you want me to lead the people. Listen, and, and listen, God gives the assurance. I want to be sure. How many times has there been something in your life that, that God said, this is what you do? And somebody opposes you. Maybe even in your own family. Yeah. Listen, the best thing you can do is go back and get on your knees before God. You can't go wrong in prayer. Prayer is always, watch, a great way to face and solve problems of opposition. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, God's will is always the right thing to do, period. Amen. Some of David's men, uh, uh, they, they're fearful. I, I, I think they're probably pessimistic. Maybe, maybe they pout a little bit. I'll go in a little mud. Um, I'll go fight. I'm not going to. Wait a minute. You know what happens when, when someone like that goes into a battle and they're fighting half-hearted? It makes the other guy have to work that much harder because you're not doing your job. 
And this guy's over here swinging, and, you know, I won't go into all the details, but he's working hard. Amen. I mean, he's, he's working, and he's looking over at you thinking, man, what's the matter with this guy? Would you get, listen, look out. I mean, he's over here, and, and this guy's pouting. It sure makes, listen, the victory's coming. But I'm telling you, I'm going to enjoy the victory a whole lot more than that guy. Yeah. But they're probably, you know, kind of doing their own thing. And, and by the way, when, when those guys were out there doing it, that, that's exactly what the enemy wanted them to do. Yeah. But victory always comes when we take the problem to God in prayer. Now, understand this, that some, when they're under pressure to do God's will, you know what they'll do? And instead of doing it, they'll just keep praying. Are you still with me? They don't go to God as two times. Lord, I've been asking you this for two weeks. And, you know, I just want to make sure. Well, God's already told us five times. Yeah, but, Lord, I really want to make sure. And, and you know, we make it sound like that we're, sometimes that we are really super spiritual. Lord, I've been praying. I, yeah, I just, you know, Brother Marco, I've been praying about this. God, make sure this is God's will. I've been praying like this for six months. Wait a minute. God told you to do it, you know, five months ago. Yeah, and, and we use it as a stall tactic. Listen, that don't make you any more. It just makes you disobedient that much longer. And, and yet there's some folks that do that. But David, listen, he's not stalling. He goes to God a second time. I think it's okay to go to God a couple of times and say, Lord, I just want to make sure. Listen, if it's a big decision, I'd spend some time on my knees in prayer. If it's a big decision, I would probably even fast and pray about it and ask God what he would have you to do. So David goes back. But notice the response, what God says. He says he went to the Lord yet again, and, and the Lord answered him and said... He didn't say, go this time. God said, arise and go. I kind of think maybe God said, David, get up. I've told you to go. And I know these guys are over here that they're standing in opposition. David, get up and go. You know, sometimes we drag our feet. I, I understand, but listen, faith is faith. My faith is not in, David's faith wasn't in those 600 men. David's faith was in an almighty God. And, and, and that's where mine and your faith lie. We put a lot of faith today in, in our ability and in our strength, but that's not where our faith is, ought to lie. It's not in me. It's not in Brother Marco. It's in a God who sits on the throne of everything, and he ought to sit on the throne of my life and your life. Well, God tells David, Arise and go to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. You know, God still says the same things in your life and my life. He says, listen, God says, okay, I know you're, you're coming back again. He said, but get up, I will deliver. It's the same words. God's still on the throne. He'll do for you and me what he did for David. So this gives David the assurance that he needs to do what God said. But God also gave his promise. Listen, God didn't just say, arise and go. God said, I will deliver. It's a promise. There is a promise attached to the prayer. There's a promise attached to David's action. God said, listen, David, it's not going to be you fighting. I'm going to be fighting for you. 
Isn't that what God said he would do? Absolutely. So when you sincerely seek God's will for your life, you'll not only gain the assurance you need, but you'll also get the encouragement to do to go through the difficulty that might be in your path. But we ought never hesitate by taking our problems to God in prayer. Um, that, what's that song say? Take it to the Lord. Oh, what uh, pain we are, need we are. Oh, how's the song go? What? Yeah, what we pain we needlessly bear when we do not take it to the Lord in prayer. We, we, no telling what we go through today as Christians because we simply don't tell God about it. I, I've had people come before and, you know, in, in a very uh, mean way and, you know, and uh, I'm in ministry, you face a lot of different things. You know what I do? I just tell God on them. God, did you hear the way they talked to me? I didn't say nothing, Lord. God, don't kill them. Yeah, maybe break their leg or something, you know. No, I don't. But you know what? I do tell God. I say, Lord, they probably had no clue what they're talking about. So, Lord, if you'll just take care of it. And, and I just leave it in God's hands. It's the same thing with trials in our life when we go through things. Just tell God about it. Are you not, are you not his child? Yep. How many times did your kids come to you with a problem in their life and they told you as a parent what was going on and you said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. God does the same thing. We should never hesitate about taking our problems to the Lord. But when you do it, listen, be earnest when you do it. And God will give you the assurance and he, he will give you the encouragement that you need. But then, when you talk to him about it, do it. You know, I, I got to where I, Sherry, she does things around the house and all kinds of things. And she'll say, well, I'm going to go to the store. You know what I tell her? Do it. Well, I'm going to go do this. Do it. And you know what, folks, as Christians, you know what? When God tells us something to do, guess what? Do it. Well, preacher, i got to pray about it. No, wait a minute. Do it. If it's right, do it. There's no sense in praying about it if God has already given us direction in his word. Three things. Uh, providence, our circumstance, prayer, and, and um, the word of God. Listen, they all go together. Don't use emotionalism to get what you want. It always has to go along with the word of Almighty God. Let me ask something. Are you going through something? Tell God about it. Do you need some strength? Tell God about it. Well, the preacher, I've already told him. Tell him again. And let God help you. Father, I pray, God, that you'd be with us, Lord. Strengthen us, God, tonight. Lord David, he was going through some things. He's, you got him out of his place of comfort and sent him down to fight these, uh, the Philistines, Lord, for these people. And God, uh, he came and talked to you twice about it, Lord. The second time, you told him just to rise and go. And sometimes, Lord, I, I, we need to pray. We need to have the assurance, God, that you want us to do uh, what you want us to do for our life. But God, I, I pray that you'd give us that, not only the assurance and the confidence, but God, you'd give us the strength that we need to take that step of faith. And or Lord, just allow you to work through us. God, if we're fearful... Help us, Lord, to just be fearful doing it.
knowing that, God, that you're in control. So, Lord, help us and strengthen us tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd bless this time of invitation, Lord, as folks come. And I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and the Lord's speaking to your heart about something. Maybe there's something that you're going through. Maybe there's something you need direction on. Then just come tell God about it and let him help you.